Every year on Canvas Sunday, the minister is charged with delivering the sermon on the amount. Yes, you can laugh. I thought it was funny. As I was preparing to write my sermon today, I noticed the title of the books on my desk. Braving the Wilderness, Daring Greatly, Faith Rising Strong, Being a Good Ancestor. Somehow those titles stringed together gave me the inspiration for the words I'd like to share with you today. It's my first time making a plea for you to pledge to support our church, but I am not alone in making this plea. The board, the SLT, the staff, the budget team, the finance committee, they've all been hard at work to come up with a budget that responds to our present needs and commitments, and that hopefully allows us to begin to become financially sustainable and to make some of our dreams, if not all of our dreams, become a reality. And dreams require generosity, generosity of spirit, courage, great daring, and sometimes wandering in the wilderness for some time. They also require us to look back with gratitude to our ancestors, to the people who founded this church, to the people who trusted that the next generations would take care of it, just like they did. I've been thinking a lot about where and from whom I learned generosity, both spiritual generosity and financial generosity. As a single mother, I learned to be a super mom, to keep it together and to hide from my son the utility bills that came in envelopes with red stripes saying, overdue. I learned to juggle three part-time jobs just to keep a roof over our heads was a lot of responsibility and stress, and we survived. And beyond survival, we managed to live a happy life, to share moments of great joy, to celebrate accomplishments, and most importantly, to love each other and trust that we would take care of each other no matter what. But I wasn't alone. I wasn't alone because my mother always helped us, and my grandmother was always with me, if not physically, spiritually, giving me strength, answering my prayers. Abuelita Rosario, she taught me generosity. As a child, I attended my grandmother's Catholic church. During the offertory, we placed an envelope in the offering plate every single Sunday. My grandmother became a widow in her early 30s and raised four children on a school teacher's salary, teaching in a one-room schoolhouse in a small mining town in northern Chile. And like many teachers, she was used to bringing to the classroom her own class supplies, chalk, pencils, paper, even the milk and the bread for the students' breakfast. She was also a healer, using her hands and herbs from her garden to alleviate physical pain and her warm and compassionate presence to heal the soul. She volunteered at church decorating the sanctuary, bringing fresh flowers, and teaching catechism. Every Sunday, I watched as she would solemnly deposit that envelope into the offering plate, and now I wonder, how did she manage to do that, to have 
anything extra. And after she deposited her envelope, she would slip me some coins to put into the offering plate. My hand was never empty. I always felt like I could contribute something. I didn't know the word tithing then, of course, but I just remember her hands, brown and strong and bony with green veins. She was guiding my own. Hands coated with herbal salves that healed and blessed hurting bodies, hands that danced as they made beautiful flower arrangements, hands that deposited into my small one coins that were meant to be shared to teach me the importance of giving, the cultural pride in cultivating this as a spiritual practice of abundance, always planting seeds for the future. Years later, when she was no longer among us in physical form, her contributions, plus the contributions of so many others, made it possible for the church's dirt floor to be replaced by shiny black and white tiles and the rickety chairs with solid wooden pews beautifully carved by local people. The church opened up a soup kitchen and became a sanctuary for those being persecuted and oppressed. I joined the youth choir and became a youth chaplain, making hospital visits and bringing communion to the sick, just like my grandmother used to do. And each time I did that, I could feel the warmth of my grandmother's hands blessing all of this. I felt her presence when I put my offering in an envelope, proud to write my own name on it. Proud to continue my grandmother's legacy of generosity and cultivating hope for the future, leaving me a legacy of generosity of spirit and a spiritual practice of giving not only for now, not only for the present, but for the next seven generations and more. Today, I feel her presence and the warmth of her hands blessing this sanctuary, blessing each and every one of you. Blessing this community of which today I am proud to become an official member. Not every minister has to or decides to become a member of the congregation they serve. It's not a requirement. And let me add that if you are considering membership, please know that currently the board is in the process of changing the bylaws to remove financial contribution as a membership requirement because we do not ask anyone to give more than what they can give with joy. You know how they say give until it hurts? We don't believe that. We say give until it brings you so much joy, right? We give what we can, and we give gladly. I decided to become a member because I feel that I'm now part of this congregation. I'm committed to its mission and vision. I recognize this community as a sanctuary and a source of hope, of joy, and much-needed healing. And just like my grandmother, I became a member because I know that any amount and every amount helps to sustain us, 
to keep our doors open, to offer quality programs, and to offer ourselves to the world as a refuge and a beacon of hope. I am proud of this community, of its history of answering the call of love, where black lives matter. Immigrants are given sanctuary. Reproductive rights are protected. Environmental justice is a spiritual practice. And here, love is love is love is love, period. If that doesn't deserve an amen, I don't know what. Love for our bisexual, transgender, gay, lesbian, queer, two-spirit, non-binary siblings, communities. This church has braved the wilderness, has had times of difficulty. It has dared greatly and has answered the call of love time and time again, going against the tides of persecution, oppression, racism, homophobia, and all manner of oppression. And like all human collectives, this church is not perfect, but we consider connection more important than perfection. Staying connected and centering love in all we do means we practice being caring and brave and faithful, compassionate, Forgiving, trustworthy, by centering love in all that we do and staying connected, we are rising strong. Let me say that again. By centering love in all that we do, we practice being caring, brave, faithful, compassionate, trustworthy, forgiving, By centering love and staying connected, we are rising strong. Our strength comes from the vision of those who came before us and left a legacy of generosity. Our strength also comes from each and every one of us, no matter how long we signed the membership book. To pledge is to renew our promise, to renew our vows as Unitarian Universalists, to collectively recommit to social justice, to renew pride in building the beloved community. Our strength comes from our creativity and generosity to pool our resources to keep the doors open and the lights on, including the doors of our hearts and the light of hope shining bright for ourselves, for our loved ones, for our communities, and for all the people we have not yet met who will come through these doors seeking to join us in answering the call of love. Beloveds, may we become good ancestors to the next generations. Amen. Ashe and blessed be. Amen.